0: Welcome back to the Hemingway List Podcast for Book 5, Chapter 15. After two chapters of seeming hopelessly naive, does this chapter vindicate Pierre's new religious convictions at all? And to what do you credit Andre's restored sense of the eternal sky? Tolstoy says something joyful and young is awakened in his soul. What brought this about? Presumably... When he and André reach their destination, Pierre and Maya will meet. How do you think they will respond to each other? Do you see a similarity in their religious ideals or not? Good question. Um, I don't, though. Maya is so devout. And Pierre isn't. You know, he, well, he was an atheist ten minutes ago. Uh, and he's very passionate about this brotherhood. But... Does his, do his beliefs seem to line up with Maya's? I don't know, it feels very different to me at this stage of the novel, the way that they approach their beliefs. Rips to 66 says, Pierre's earnestness may have broken through to Andre, or maybe his naive blind faith was refreshing somehow. Honestly, I'm not sure what shifted in Andre or why. It's sort of like his cloud of depression lifted a bit after rousing philosophical discussions with an old friend. Perhaps Pierre's visit brought him back to a time before he was even married and went to war, reminding him of the eternal sky. Pierre and Maya will have a lot in common, but I would think Maya would be skeptical of the Freemasons seeing them as a sort of corrupted version of Christianity. Maybe not, she will probably perceive the shift in her brother's disposition and be grateful for it. She seems pretty perceptive when it comes to her brother, even if she doesn't understand his motivations. Warren Kvofifi says, Call me a cynic, but I still don't buy into Pierre's really lasting as a Mason at this point. I mean, after becoming a Freemason and then going to give Pierre already buckled to his main weakness, and that he was already partying at Soirees, at the point that he had no time to recover his senses, just as in Petersburg. I think he's embracing the grand ideas of masonry, but only taking a buffet-style approach to what it entails. In short, I think Pierre is talking the talk, but only kind of walking the walk, if that makes sense. It does make sense. I don't think André is on the same page as Pierre, but Pierre's optimism and refreshing personality seems to be shaking some of the gloom off of André. I doubt Andre wants to become a Freemason, but maybe he has some sort of new lease on life similar to what he had after Austerlitz. What a roller coaster when you think about it for Andre so far in this book, the ups and downs that man has had. Pretty crazy. Pretty, pretty, pretty crazy. Alright, next chapter. What are we up to here? Uh, must be 13, is it? Yes, it is. We're reading 13. Okay, here we go. It was getting dusk when Prince André and Pierre drove up to the front entrance of the house at Bald Hills. They, As they approached the house, Prince André, with a smile, drew Pierre's attention to a commotion going on at the back porch. A woman, bent with age, with a wallet on her back and a short, long-haired young man in a black garment, had rushed back to the gate on seeing the carriage driving up. Two women ran out after them, and all four, looking round at the carriage, ran in dismay up the steps of the back porch. Those are Mary's God's folk, said Prince Andre. They have mistaken us for my father. This is the one matter in which she disobeys him. He orders these pilgrims to be driven away, but she receives them. But what are God's folk? asked Pierre. Prince André had no time to answer. The servants came out to meet them, and he asked where the old prince was and whether he was expected back soon. The old prince had gone to the town and was expected back any minute. Prince André had led Pierre to his own apartments, which were always kept in perfect order, and readiness for him in his father's house, he himself went to the nursery. "'Let us go and see my sister,' he said to Pierre when he returned. "'I've not found her yet. She's hiding now, sitting with her godsfolk.' It will serve her right, she will be confused, but you'll see her, God's folk. It's really very curious. What are God's folk? asked Pierre. Come, you'll see for yourself. Princess Mary really was disconcerted, and red patches came on her face when they went in. In her snug room, with lamps burning before the icon stand, a young lad with a long nose and long hair, wearing a monk's cassock, sat on the sofa beside her. Behind a samovar, Near them, in an armchair, sat a thin, shriveled old woman, with a meek expression on her childlike face. "'Andrew, why didn't you warn me?' said the princess, with a mild reproach, as she stood before her pilgrims, like a hen before her chickens. "Charmé de vous voir, je suis très contente de vous voir," "'Delighted to see you, I am very glad to see you,' she said to Pierre, as he kissed her hand. She had known him as a child, and now his friendship with Andrei, his misfortune with his wife, and above all his kindly, simple face, disposed her favorably towards him. She looked at him with her beautiful radiant eyes and seemed to say, I like you very much, but please don't laugh at my people. After exchanging the first greetings, they sat down. Ah, and Ivanushka is here too, said Prince Andrei, glancing with a smile at the young pilgrim. Andrew, said Princess Mary, imploringly. Il faut que vous que c'est une femme, said Prince André to Pierre. You must know that this is a woman. Andrew, en nom de Dieu, Prince Mary repeated, for heaven's sake. It was evident that Prince André's ironical tone toward the pilgrims and Princess Mary's helpless attempt to protect them were their customary long-established relations on the matter. Ma'am a bon said Prince André, vous devez... Vis- a contraire, ma de ce que tu expliques à Pierre votre intimité avec ce jeune homme. But, my dear, you ought, on the contrary, to be grateful to me for explaining to Pierre your intimacy with this young man really, said Pierre, gazing over his spectacles with curiosity and seriousness, for which Princess Mary was especially grateful to him, into Ivanushka's face, who, seeing that she was being spoken about, looked round at them with crafty eyes. Princess Mary's embarrassment on her people's account was quite unnecessary. They were not in the least abashed. The old woman, lowering her eyes but casting side glances at the newcomers, had turned her cup upside down and placed a nibbled bit of sugar beside it. sat quietly in her armchair, though hoping to be offered another cup of tea. Ivanushka, sipping out of her saucer, looked with sly womanish eyes from under her brows at the young men. "'Where have you been? To Kiev?' Prince Andrei asked the old woman. "'I have, good sir,' she answered, garrulously. "'Just at Christmas time I was deemed worthy to partake of the holy and heavenly sacrament at the shrine at the saint. "'And now I'm from... "'Kolyazin, Master, where a great and wonderful blessing has been revealed.' "'And was Ivanushka with you?' "'I go by myself, benefactor,' said Ivanushka, trying to speak in a bass voice. "'I only come across Palgaya in Yuknovo.' Palgeia interrupted her companion. She evidently wished to tell what she had seen. "'In Kolyazin, Master, a wonderful blessing has been revealed.' "'What is it? Some new relics?' asked Prince Andrei. "'Andrew, do leave off,' said Princess Mary. "'Don't tell him, Pelige.' "'No, why not, my dear? "'Why shouldn't I? "'I like him. "'He is kind. "'He is one of God's chosen. He's a benefactor. "'He's one gave—he once gave me ten rubles, I remember. "'When I was in Kiev, crazy Cyril says to me—he's one of God's own, "'and God goes barefoot, summer and winter. "'He says, why are you not going to the right place? "'Go to Koliazin, where a wonder-working icon of the Holy Mother of God has been revealed.' On hearing those words, I said goodbye to the holy folk and went. All were silent, only the pilgrim women went on in measured tones, drawing in her breath. So I come, master, and the people say to me, A great blessing has been revealed, holy oil trickles from the cheeks of our blessed mother, the virgin, holy virgin mother of God. All right, all right, you can tell us afterwards, says Princess Mary, flushing. Let me ask her, said Pierre, "Do, you, did you see it yourselves? he inquired. Oh yes, master. I was found worthy. Such a brightness on the face, like the light of heaven, and from the Blessed Mother's cheek it drops and drops. But dear me, that must be a fraud, said Pierre naively, who had listened attentively to the pilgrim. Oh, Master, what are you saying? exclaimed the horrified Palageya. Turning to Princess Mary for support, they impose on the people, he repeated. Lord Jesus Christ, exclaimed the pilgrim woman, crossing herself, Oh, don't speak so, master. There was a general who did not believe, and said the monks cheat, and so soon as he'd said it, he went blind, and he dreamed that the holy virgin mother of the Kiev catacombs came to him and said, Believe in me, and I will make you whole. So he begged, Take me to her, take me to her. It's the real truth, I'm telling you, I saw it myself. So he was brought, quite blind, straight to her, and he goes up to her and falls down and says, Make me whole, says he and I'll give thee what the Tsar bestowed on me. I saw it myself, master. The star is fixed into the icon. Well, and what do you think? He received his sight. It's a sin to speak so. God will punish you, she said, admonishingly, turning to Pierre. How did the star get into the icon? Pierre asked. And was the Holy Mother promoted to the rank of general? said Prince André with a smile. Palagea suddenly grew quite pale and clasped her hands. Oh, master, master, What a sin! "'And you, who have a son,' she began, her pallor suddenly turning to a vivid red. "'Master, what have you said? God forgive you.' "'And she crossed herself. Lord, forgive him. "'My dear, what does it mean?' she asked, turning to Princess Mary. "'She got up and, almost crying, began to arrange her wallet. "'She evidently felt frightened and ashamed to have accepted charity "'in a house where such things could be said, "'and was at the same time sorry to have now to forego the charity of this house. "'Now, why need you do it?' said Princess Mary. "'Why did you come to me?' Come, Paligea. I was joking, said Pierre. Princess, ma parole je ne par vous I, Princess, on my word, I did not wish to offend her. I did not mean anything. I was joking, he said, smiling shyly and trying to efface his offence. It was all my fault, and André was only joking. Paligea stopped doubtfully, but in Pierre's face there was such a look of sincere penitence, and Prince André glanced so meekly now at her and at Pierre that she was gradually reassured. All right, there we go. A little introduction to Princess Mary's uh, pilgrim friends there, God's folk. Have your say about that one over at the subreddit. Thanks for listening, and I'll see ya tomorrow.